Yo, we got your back when you driving to work or driving home. If you on a plane or you at the gym or you home alone, all you gotta do to listen to the shows turn on your phone. Two ugly nerds podcast, tell you what's going on. This is the podcast. Eric is ugly and would not judge anybody else. Welcome to the podcast. When did you learn that you were a two ugly nerds podcast? Welcome to the podcast. Anyways, let's kind of get on because I know. Yeah, we're <laughs> <laughs> gonna pull a Joe Rogan or something out here oh, for like oh, seven yeah. hours on this thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, not yet, bro. Not not yet. We ain't, we at that level. Um, that's a job. Right? Yeah, 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 that's yeah, full yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so as we go on our main topic, we're gonna talk about kind of um, uh, the conversation kind of led to me and Brent kind of meeting up and, and ended up here on the episode. So basically, um, I'd been talking to Patrice, uh, who came on the episode of you guys remember, and she talked about um, like doing the D and D podcast that you guys do, you guys are gonna do, and um, yep. I was like, oh, that that sounds like a really cool idea. That sounds really cool. And then we started talking about, you know, not really being too like being on the outskirts of D and D. You see it, you you kind of understand a little bit, but you're not into it. You don't really know what to do. And I then I started talking about maybe why. Um, why there's not as many black people playing these types of games, these board games, you know, these D and D style games. And, um, so from that conversation, um, eventually, um, Patrice and, um, had ended up telling me, you know, she's like, Oh, well actually there's this black dude. He goes to the comic book store. That <laughs> That's who I am, Patrice. I'm yeah, the, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, she's like, black black guy. Yeah, she's like, she's like, there's a guy, he's, he's a black <laughs> dude. And, and he, he actually is a dungeon master. He play, he does, he does, he DMs a lot of these games at the comic book store. So I was like, wait, what? He's a black dude, and he's like, he's not, he's not just playing. He's actually like leading the games. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, she's like, you like, I can set it up. I can give you guys the information. I'm like, uh, yeah. Well, talk to that guy. Um, so uh, that's how we we met up. We actually went and met up at the comic book store, and um, you know, we chopped it up about a couple of things, and, and so that's why we got here. And, and part of the conversation we we're having is why this space is so white do- uh, dominated. Uh, and, and why maybe this kind of thing, why these kind of things aren't um, being fed to kids like us? Why aren't we into these these types of things as well? Um, and it's a it's a kind of a large conversation, but um, there's that. So we got Brent. Um, I don't know if you say your last name or not. It's I know, right? It's Debeek. Yeah. Debeek. Yeah. yeah. It's it's pronounced not how it's spelled. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. Mm, but, but thanks, Patrice, for the hookup. Yeah, so that's Appreciate just, it. We had a good conversation. I enjoyed it. Definitely. You know, we had a lot of stuff to talk, go ahead and talk about. For sure. I mean, what um, you want to know about D and D? Or even before we get there, tell people about um, your podcast, uh, the exchanges. Yes. Um, we got two podcasts. One, the Exchanges podcast, and another one's going to be in D and D Basement Party, as you mentioned with Patrice, where we're going to be showcasing um, an entire dramatic series, uh, a D and D adventure. Uh, those of you who are in the know know about Critical Role, know about um, Force Gray, and all these other D and D podcasts out there that are growing, and they're very, very entertaining. Where well, we're going to go ahead and put our spin on it. Um, we have a good group of friends and people, and we, you know, we're gonna Derek, we're gonna put something in the works here, and um, yeah. So you can stay tuned for D and D Basement Party, but um, we have a whole other podcast called the Exchanges Podcast, where getting just a group of people together to go ahead and talk about the issues and stuff in our times, usually in a public space or or, or setting. We argue about everything you probably can go ahead and think of. So 
Yeah, yeah hit it up online. Yeah, yeah, and I, I found it on um, a couple of different platforms too. So I, I, I mean, I use Overcast. I talk about Overcast all the time. I like Overcast as a, as yeah. a client on iPhone. Yeah, um, I, yeah, Apple, iTunes. Yeah, a lot of people use Stitcher. Yeah, um, Google Play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I push the stuff to YouTube too. Okay, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. it's on there. Yeah, I'm trying. That's why I'm trying to get us pushed to YouTube now too. I um, I got Ian's biggest fear just flew by a window. Um. <laughs> it was too easy. It was too easy. Yeah. It's too easy. Not afraid of butterflies anymore. I'm proud of you, bro. I'm proud of you. Everyone, yeah. We had a we had a science textbook. Seventh grade had butterflies all over, bro. <laughs> oh, really? You didn't like how they were drawn? You want to pick it up, bro? It looked work. weird, man. It was like it a, did look weird. It was because it was like an infestation of butterflies. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. When a bunch of them were together. Uh, yeah. I forgot what yeah, they call them? It's when they migrate. Uh, yeah. It was. It was kind of creepy. But I wasn't like you. Like, You're yeah, afraid of butterflies? How'd that happen? Uh, so this is a, <laughs> oh, that's a long story. A, story yeah, it's, not, it's not a big story, but uh, the Bronx Zoo fun. has a butterfly emporium. I don't know what they call them. Oh, like the big glass thing? Yeah, and, and the butterflies, butterflies are just free in there, man. Yeah. And one of them landed on my sister, and that just freaked me out. Yeah. <laughs> and she was just cool. I just I just couldn't take it, so I had to leave. Yeah. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I have since, you know. Cast that fear aside. We are, we are in, you know, All right. Ian, Ian is a lover. Put in the Lord's hands. Progress. That, uh, True that monarch. <laughs> Boy, Ian, monarch <laughs> butterflies. That's what they were. That, that was on that um. Oh, okay. On that um. On that book, book cover. Text, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So, anyways, back to back to what we we're talking about. So, obviously, uh, as people know, um, D and D is not something that is popular in the in the black community, um, and there's there's a. <laughs> There's probably a multitude of uh, reasons why, um, but it's interesting that it's not because you, you listen to you listen to hip hop, you listen to black art, uh, black poetry, um, you you watch black television, you watch black writers, and you look at even directors and stuff like Jordan Peele. Um, um, why did I just forget his name just now? Uh, black Panther. Uh, Oh, Ryan Coogler. Uh, Ryan Coogler. You know, yeah. you look at these guys and the, the way they envision things and they show things. Um, we're very imaginative people. I mean, you can even go back to Africa and see the drawings and the history and how we laid things out. We're, we're, we're clearly very imaginative. And D&D is that type of game that's kind of fueled by some imagination. you got to have some sort of... You know, you 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 can't just be the boring dude, just kind of sitting there, right? Like you got to be involved, mm-hmm. you got to be up for it, you got to be into it, and hundred percent. It no. seems like that would be perfect for black people, but why don't we do it? And that's kind of uh, the question we're looking to answer. Um, and I guess I'll let Brent talk a little bit about even how you've um, how you've dealt with, or not necessarily dealt with, um, but how you've kind of moved in this space where you are a vast minority. You know what I mean? You are, you are a Damn. super minority. You you sound like I mean? I'm, you know what I mean? And, I'm and, Tom Cruise out there I mean, in Castaway yeah. on a deserted island. I really do wonder if that's how it feels because I know, I know when you're at these events and you're playing these games and you're running mm-hmm. these games sometimes, people are looking at you funny and they're like, eh? Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know what I mean? Or what? What he's gonna be? What? Nah, nah, I don't want to play his game. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that happens. Like, how how does that? How do you navigate in that space? You know. Mm. Well, actually, to the contrary, I see people who like, huh? Who's what's this black dude playing D and D? White folks who are in the know Mm -hmm. and play games. They be like, oh, we got a black dude running a D and D game. 
let's see what's happening. Let's see what's happening at this table. Let's see how this goes. Maybe they're more interested. Um, Most people outside of the D&D or tabletop RPG community, they just see it as weird from the jump. Mm -hmm. So um, I I, I would say that, you know, the D&D community falls somewhere um, next to, um, I want to say, some strong anime communities mm. a lot of cosplay stuff where people look at it and they know that's a thing or maybe they heard the name yeah. but that's about it mm. um but i would say that you know as far as cosplay and stuff is concerned that is definitely growing within the black community mm-hmm. i mean yeah, there's a sure. oh, yeah, big sure. push yeah, yeah, sure. big yeah. push i know some of y'all seen these instagram you know yeah. Yeah. Um, our cosplay models and yeah. stuff black models yeah. and everything yeah, i mean huge fan. yeah you can't you can't i know a girl whose sister does like oh you cannot famous she's like super yeah there's like like I got a well cousin known who, uh, cosplay. Yeah, I got a cousin. She does so, really dope cosplay. And like, you know, the tangential kind of space where like that is where that kind of cosplay is and um, you know, black people moving into that space and kind of pushing it forward and it getting bigger. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, kind of D and D is at the comet trail end of that because mm-hmm. it's such a niche game. And I guess to talk about it, we have to ask ourselves, like, you know, well, what is D&D? What is Dungeons and Dragons? A lot of people don't know. I mean, in brief, it's kind of a hybrid between a board game and an improvisation game. So what you're doing is, is you have um, a rule book and um, this rule kind of governs how um, the mechanics work in the game, in the tabletop board game aspect of it. And um, then you have this whole other part of the game, which is you acting or playing a part or playing a role. And um, it's on the spot kind of improvisation. So the game works in this way of where um, you're presented with an environment, usually contained inside of a rule book or a game book, a Dungeons and Dragons book. And um, there's a one person who runs the game who kind of, I like to say, serves as like the computer, you know, mm-hmm. quote unquote, um, who has all the rules, who's kind of governing the, the console, um, the, the the console the of console, the world yeah. and um, arbitrates how things happen in the game. And then you have a set of players, usually between one and seven. And each one of those players has a character sheet, very akin to um, any type of first person RPG game, you you know, your mm-hmm. your Merwins and stuff, mm-hmm. where this character sheet has your stats, you pick a certain archetype, whether it's a fighter, a rogue, a wizard. Um, you draw up that character. But the interesting part gets to after the mechanics really is where since it's not a video game, you're not confined to um just designing a character from a mechanic mm-hmm. point of view. You you actually create a backstory, a history for this character. You think about their personality, their bonds, their flaws, things that drive them and why they do the things they do. You take that information and you actively role play it in the game. Now, you know, your role play mileage may vary because, you know, some people are good at role playing, some people ain't. But, you know, the idea is that you're entering the spaces, you're taking on the role of a given character. Where in a video game, there's obviously the screen, there's the game as that permanent wall. Mm-hmm. You're still just a, a, you know, a virtual dude running around. Um, you know, you, if you're playing Dark Souls, you're still that guy, but there's no, like, um, there's, there's no history you create that's attached to it. Mm-hmm. It's all being interfaced through the screen. 
where this one is pretty different. It's being interfaced kind of through the imagination and, and the mind. So that's kind of where the, like the role play aspect gets into it. And that's the thing that I think people kind of shy away from because it takes a lot of trust to go ahead and sit around with a group of people and to pretend to be something that you're not right. Um, I think that, you know, D and D has a lot of things in common with like improv acting mm -hmm. people who love doing that type of thing. I'm like, whose line is it anyway? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, yep. that type of stuff and people who are into strategy games, because right. there is the mechanic side of it mm. where you have this character sheet, you have this character and how this character interacts or overcomes obstacles is still governed by a set of rules. Right. So to hop back to mechanics, um, how it pretty much goes is you have um, a bunch of dice and um, each dice um, serves a different type of um, mechanic, I guess, or or. Um, a certain type of probability. Um, it, the dice range from four-sided dice to up to 20-sided dice. And you're using the 20-sided dice the most. And um, in this world that the DM creates um, or the scenario that they generate, um, what you're doing is overcoming obstacles by talking about them, what your character does. And then the dungeon master, the game master, um, gives you a DC, a difficulty class, a number that you must meet or beat in order to achieve set task. And so what you're doing is you're rolling this 20-sided dice and you're adding modifiers from your character sheet, the character that you design, the mechanics, to the number you get on that roll. Mm. And if you meet or beat that number, then you execute whatever you're trying to do. So... It, that's where the critical thinking aspect comes into. And this kind of goes back and forth between the players and the GM. You know, a good example is, is um, I don't know. Actually, let me, let me back up a step because I think people, black or white, kind of play improv games naturally. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've always, I mean, when you're a teenager, you sat around maybe with your boys, even there as an adult, you was like, maybe you see something on TV, you see something happen to somebody and you're like, well, if I was in that situation, I'd do this. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, D&D &D takes it like a whole step further. It's like, well, what would you really do? And okay. what would happen next? That's mm -hmm. always the constant question that's being presented itself inside of this game. So, you know, if you're in an apartment and the police knock on your door, and I don't know, maybe you have a bag of drugs or something in your apartment, or um, you get into a car accident, but nobody saw the car accident, what would you do next? Or we go fantastical, you need to go ahead and kill this dragon in a cave. How would you go about doing something like that? And so you're constantly thinking of like, how would you execute these items? So if you're going to go fight the dragon, let's say mm. you need friends, maybe you need an army. So maybe you'll say something in the game like, I want to go ahead and stand on a soapbox and begin preaching in this town I'm in um, to come help me find the dragon. Well, how well can you do that? And how well you can do that is based off of the character archetype you play as a okay. bard, for instance. So you... Make a performance check. You roll the D20. You add whatever modifiers on your character sheet to that roll. And if you meet or beat the number set by your DM, the person arbitrating and running the game by the rules, then you're able to maybe succeed on that somehow. Maybe you get two or three followers and they come to you with you to the cave and y'all fight the dragon or try to kill it or something to that effect. And so that's in a nutshell how these games kind of work. 
So I think it attracts people who, you know, enjoy that high level, I think, of critical thinking and um, using their imagination. Because the, the perk of D&D or role-playing games in general is that there is no limit. There's no invisible wall that you run into mm -hmm. it's really you and the people around you and the person who's running the game the dm um guides where things go you start in one place and you can end up being someplace completely different um in the game a few hours or so later and it's all based upon your choices so you know there's a lot of freedom in that i think that attracts people who are into gaming um but it also touches on the strategy level, too, as in that there's very specific rules in how your character fights enemies, you know, per se, yeah, yeah. as in um, as just like any role play game, enemies have hit points and stuff. Um, once again, you're rolling that D20 to see if you hit the enemy. Then you roll other dice, six sided dice, four sided dice to deal damage to it. Once they drop to zero, then boom, that enemy's dead, et cetera, et cetera. And usually that stuff is kind of arbitrated on actual a map or a board where they have the castle drawn or printed out or something or the terrain in which you're fighting on kind yeah. of representing exactly what is going on. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a whole element of freedom in that too, is that your fighting is not just limited in a video game to something like, you know, I just swing my sword. Well, what if you want to, I just played a game the other night where um, a player uh, we were in this situation where we were trying to root out these um, enemies. They, th these situations get really complicated too. Like, so this situation here was um, these bandits or, or you know, um, thugs of some manner. They were orcs, you know, a fantastical creature. You've seen them in Lord of the Rings. Was um, waylaying people on this main route to this town. And we were taxed by some people in this town to go ahead and get rid of them somehow. So, you know, we travel to the site and we roll up and um, we go inside and um, we are able to get past the sentry guards leading inside of the cave. But one of them runs and alerts the rest of them. So they begin to go ahead and make plans to counter us and we have to go ahead and get inside quickly. So their plans will come to fruition before our plans. Right. So we get the we're able to get into the cave and we come into this dark cave area and we've noticed that all of these orcs are standing in this area on the ground that has some like geometrical formation. And um, every time you attack them, you receive some psychic damage is called as your character. And they were all grouped together and we had to go ahead and figure out how to remove them from that area. So me, I play a spellcaster, and I'm able to use this spell that is called Enemies Abound, where you can control the mind of your enemy, and um, they just perceive enemies everywhere. So they start attacking their own people and stuff. And then we have a fighter who comes in and starts trying to drag some of them out of the circle. And we're able to defeat the enemies, but we note that there's something else going on inside this place. It's not just as simple as getting rid of these dudes. That, and we want to know more information. And so we tie them up and begin interrogating a couple of the remaining dudes. And we find out that these orc bandits and stuff were actually hired by some type of, um, I don't know, merchant who was doing some type of weird experiments on um, some type of special, I guess, magical rock. We're still in the middle of this game, so I don't know how it's going to turn out. And um, 
but th- th- there were higher mercenaries mm. and they were, ju- they were just doing a job, you know? And um, so that leads us into the next thing. It's like, well, who hired you? And we have to go ahead and find a way to get the information from these people and find out exactly where they're at and et cetera and et cetera. Um, scenarios get even I'm getting a lot more complicated than, than that. You know, it's, um, it's, it's a very interesting game in um, that aspect. So um, I guess with, with all that in mind is why, why you don't see a lot of folks in the black community or black people playing D and D. I mean, I think that it's just not that type of gameplay. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be um, has connected or or I don't think culturally we're aware of that gameplay, that type of gameplay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like those type of games for the longest time, I mean, it's such um, a niche game that is slowly becoming more and more popular. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows the show Stranger Things, right? And yep, they have the kids sitting there playing this game. And it's been around forever. You know, it's been around since, uh, I want to say the 70s or so. Right. And um, they have different editions. And actually, D&D is more popular than it's ever been now. Right. Um, you know, and there's a whole bunch of streaming platforms out there. You know, Twitch. There's um, a bunch of these individuals who um, they sit around a table and um, they play these D&D games and they had millions of followers. I mean, mm-hmm. Critical Role, I think the most famous one with Matt Mercer. Yeah. I mean, they just bankrolled, um, I want to say like $7.5 million, um, you know, kickstart to start their own show, like cartoon animated version of their D&D games. Wow. And so, I mean, and it, the popularity is, is just increasing, but it hasn't touched the black community and it hasn't touched that space. And there's so many reasons for that. I mean, I feel like in general, the black community doesn't really re- respect or um that those nerd them those type of niche hobbies. You know, I feel like um in our community, a lot of entertainment is is and um companionship and like camaraderie is um, based upon other things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the most stereotypical I can go ahead and say is through like sports, mm-hmm. right? Is that, um, you know, sports is really popular, you know, basketball and whatnot, it's football and stuff in the black community. That's how we come together. Okay. You go to the barbershop, yeah. talk about sports. Barbershop and yep. stuff, sitting yeah. there, yeah, and chilling, the barbershop hanging and having out. A D&D bro, let me tell you what this D&D game, game last night, bro. Yeah. Another thing, yeah. spades, right? Yeah. Spades. You know, spades, yeah. used yeah. in a black community, sitting yeah. around, and that's how we interface with our friends. Oh, look at that look here. Cameron, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron, Doug. Oh, man. Yeah, he had me mad. The, the renigger. Like, yeah. Still owe that nigga about five minutes, bro. Dang. He still owe me five minutes. That man reneged twice in the I'm same, say, in the same must, hand, bro. Really must did. fuck up the book. In the yeah. same hand, man. I watched hand. all those reneged like, twice in the same hand. I'm so sick of that nigga, though. I'll never play it. So think about this, man. Like, anyway, somebody who doesn't play spades a lot can sit down and watch, like, you know, a group of black friends family play space and see how much we get into it right. yep, they'd be man. like whoa like, what's bro going like here, what is man? going right. on is yeah. but that is something that's attached to our culture our community now, and we invest ourselves doing so, the same thing the same energy it will be lit that's my, that's what's in it'll my head lit. now maybe that Super never lit. happens but in yeah. my head 
That's what it is. That same spades energy. Nah, nigga, I seen you put that that three of diamonds down. Nah, bro, nah, nah, nah. You reading that same energy, but with D and D. Hell no. Nah, how you gonna tell me you gonna swing your sword? Nah, nah, nah. Fuck that. You are not gonna leave me over here. Like I could, that same energy. <laughs> little, little rowdy. Yeah, you know. But I like that. I want that same energy. Yeah. But in this, and you want it. People want D and D to blow. First of all, you want anything to blow. Let black people do it. Everything we do becomes popular. <laughs> Everything we do True. becomes popular culture. Yeah. Black culture is popular culture, yeah. right? So once you do that, once you understand that, then you say you get us to do this. But your sales gonna bump. Everybody gonna do it. They gonna be all over in age. Like, oh shit, we trying to play D and D too. They're not gonna emulate these. You know, they're not gonna emulate the Stranger Things kids. They're gonna emulate the black people. They see doing it. You know what I mean? Yep. Imagine you got like yep, yep, your yep. favorite rappers around a circle and they're playing yeah. D and D. Like, you know, that's what people are gonna emulate. That's a brilliant. You know idea, what I mean? To be honest, I know all Def Digital. Um, they they uh, did a thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I posted that video oh, yeah, where it was yeah, where yeah. black people played D yeah, for the first video. time, yep. and that was yeah, there was one time and it was kind of cut up, and uh, you know they had a white dungeon master. Uh, I thought, of, and that's why when mm-hmm. I you know I said this is a black dude and he doesn't just play, he runs the games too. Yeah, that was amazing because that's something I've never seen before. I've never even heard anybody say it before. You know, it's like anytime D and D people. I'm the only black person I know that freaking like. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm Straight, hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I already told you this story. I got done um, running a game, and um, oh yeah, you know I was wrapping up, and the players are leaving, and this black couple comes over. You know, them just look like they maybe are in their mid twenties or so, and uh, I'm 33, and so they come up, goes like, hey, I just want to go ahead and say like, you know, I've never seen, you know, a black person running D and D before, and that shit was tight, and you, you know, you were really into it, and I appreciate it because we love playing D and D, and we usually we're only the black folks sitting at the table playing the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, that made me feel great. You know, yeah, it made me yeah. feel great to go ahead and see, like, I guess somebody else out there besides myself in that space and mm-hmm. interacting and having a right. good time, Absolutely. and somebody else, you know, appreciating that too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's a lot. Out there, I think D and D has to offer, um, you know, um, the black community. I mean, as far as gaming is concerned, because you look at games from like a really abject, uh, like abstract level. Mm-hmm. Any game in general, it's a safe place for you to um, compete and um, to explore ideas, to go ahead and um, work together, and um, to explore risk. Mm-hmm. That's what games are about. When you're young. I mean, there's studies out there that, uh, especially for like young boys, no matter what age, I mean, no matter what demographic or race they are and stuff, is that young boys roughhouse yep. and play those games and yep. whatnot because that's it's a safe way for them to go ahead and um, explore interacting with mm-hmm. other kids, um, overcoming something without there any being any stakes being involved. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with sports for kids. Sports is really. It's, is good in that aspect is a safe way to try to win or get an award and compete against your fellow human without there being the risks of, you know, something dangerous happening. Actual yeah. physical harm. happening. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So games is very important, you know, and, and no matter what culture or group or identity that you're in and, and everybody plays games, it's just what games do you play? And I think different games have different things to go ahead and offer. And I think D&D has a lot to go ahead and, and offer. And um, I mean, we, we could talk about um, some of that stuff. And like you said, what will make D&D so interesting 
um, you know, we get a bunch of black folks around playing and, you know, we do it, you know, in the community mm-hmm. and we share that space is that different cultures and different communities solve problems and communicate mm-hmm. with each other differently. Yep. You know, like you get a group of black folks trying to solve a problem together versus a group of white folks, say, for instance, trying to solve something. Mm-hmm. And those approaches and how they communicate is going to be completely different. Right. Yeah, it is. It is. They may come to the same conclusion, you know, the same results at the end of the day, yep. you know, but how they get there is going to be completely right. different. different. And that's what's, and that's what's fun to go ahead and see. Yep. And, uh, and I think that's what attracts people, millions of people to watching these mm-hmm. D&D streams and these games and stuff out there is that you are seeing a group of people you know, friends attached by something, overcome and solve problems. You see it done in real time. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what the Avengers is right. It's a bunch of people come together, solve a problem, and that's what intri- that's what intrigues that's us because the characters themselves are cool or whatever. But the main thing that you're hanging on is when you know, you know, Ant Man does something wrong, and you're like, why would you do that? You're exactly. an idiot. Exactly. Oh my god. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I would never do that. That's what you're hanging on. You're watching them solve a problem and thinking how you would solve it at the same time. I figure it's so you know at the table when I'm DMing a game and I have a group of players because there's different types of play. There's things called homebrew games where you just got your homies together, your friends, y'all just playing the D and D game, and then you have kind of public games in like organized play where you have people coming from spaces where maybe they don't got friends who play like you do. So you come into a game store, like we met the comic shop and stuff. And, um, you know, you find other players who want to sit down and play. And I usually DM those games. And what's interesting, you see the merging of different people all around the table, all of them coming from different walks of life, trying to communicate, trying to work together and solve a problem. And that's like the biggest thing and the biggest challenges in D and D is, is how do you take, these group of people playing all these different characters and get them to go ahead and sit down and work together to solve a problem. Right. And um, like I was saying to you is that you get a table where maybe two people who are, they're older. Let's say that they're um, older white men or women. The way, depending upon their age and where they're at in their life, the way they tackle problems is going to be completely different from, um, you know, and I'm stereotyping here and I don't mean it in an offensive way, but let's say a younger 20-something progressive woman who maybe has uh, her hair a different color or something like that. Mm -hmm. They're coming from two different points in their life concerned with like taking their background into the game. And even though they're playing characters, they're still solving problems and interacting with each other in an interesting way. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I've noticed different types of people based upon, you know, their backgrounds um, approach problems in different ways. Younger folks, you know, uh, younger, progressive, um, liberally minded white folks generally tackle problems from an angle of how can if I can figure out what's motivating this enemy, then maybe we can solve this problem without engaging in, 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 in like combat. Right. So you get a situation where you're trying to figure out, um, you know, you know there's a bigger enemy somewhere, but you don't know where he's at, but you were able to go ahead and capture his second in command. Right. Instead of like beating the dog shit out of that guy, you know, it's like, well, 
Who are you? Why do you work for this person? Mm-hmm. What motivates you? What can I give you to maybe get you to see things from our perspective? Mm-hmm. There's um deep kind of like interpersonal role playing communication that they, that wants to happen, but you get some people from, you know, um, an older demographic. Let's just go ahead and say that they're white, for instance. Um, they saw things from a very strategic. Yeah. objective point of view mm-hmm. of it if we can't get the information from this guy that we're interrogating and tying up then we need to just move on and find a whole nother plan mm-hmm. keep on target keep going towards the the, the end goal strategy that we're doing here mm-hmm. i mean the, what the what this enemy or person is thinking about doesn't matter mm-hmm. you know yeah. our goals matter right yeah. now you get another person sitting at this table let's say you get um a teenage um we'll say late teens boy you know uh male we'll say he's white for instance you know teenagers actually no matter what demographic they're interested in exploring themselves mm-hmm. and so they choose character archetypes where they're the hero right so they're not trying to go ahead and talk to the person that's tied up they're ready to beat their face in they're ready to go ahead and take (laughs) control of the situation and get the information however they can and if they can't get the information well we're going to go ahead and have to i don't know cut you or stab you and end your life or something like that Mm. so you have these three different types of people sitting around a table you know it's interesting to see how they talk with each other in role play in their character and how they overcome and right, getting the yeah. information that they need. Mm-hmm. So, and every group is different. Some right. groups work better together than others, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, you get groups from like a specific monoculture, no matter what it is, white, black, Asian, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you you see problems solved and communicated in a very, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you... Um, the way people talk changes, you know, um, the how much they invest in a character changes and um, how the problem gets solved changes, too. And so and there's I've, I have yet to see same scenarios played out and solved the same way mm. every single time. I, if you switch the people, the problems, the, 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 the situation is tackled differently all the time and um it can be the same exact situation the questions that are asked are different um how they even get to the situation changes so it's a very unique game in that you can explore like a seemingly like infinite amount of possibilities Mm -hmm. you can go ahead and role play a character which we can get into too and uh a whole nother aspect of psychology and stuff like with that. And, um, and you can, Oh, (laughs) we'll go ahead and swerve into that lane real quick. I mean, what I've noticed when I DM these games is that you see people's, um, maybe passive or latent desires, Mm -hmm. um, who they believe themselves to be or want to be come out in the characters they create. Mm -hmm. And you see it more so because you can create them from scratch. You're Mm -hmm. not just choosing a hair color or a name or something. It's like, no, you got to think about who's, where's this guy from? Where's this girl from? You know, why um, do they do what they do? And um, you notice that would between different demographics of people too. Um, Mostly age and stuff wise is that um, you note that, uh, you know, 
I guess I want to say that um, certain people, certain types of people play the the braggadocious type of um, fighter and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're, um, they don't take shit from anybody, yeah. you know, and um, they do what they want. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be constrained by societal rules and stuff like that. And you can see like how that character archetype or person they build reflects on who they are in person, mm-hmm. right? And it's yeah. like, hmm, you feel repressed in some manner, I right. see. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. You, know, yeah. you, you realize, realize that's, that's not what it's like in your real life. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yes. this you're acting this out here in, in, mm-hmm. in real time, mm-hmm. you know? It's like the guy at your job. You ever had a guy at your job who's like, super over it he's like he's always trying to tell you what to do and be in control and you're like oh it's because at home your wife tells you what to do at home like you have no control in your house so when you come to work this is your time to be the man and i'm not the nigga for that don't i'm not maybe but i'm not like don't come don't bring your at home angst to work and try to bully me because your wife is bullying you at home that's something for you to solve and i've dealt with people like that you know i'm like hey bro listen this not gonna happen. We're not doing this. Like, and it's it's. Uh, I can yeah. see how that would easily manifest itself in creating a character because that's. I mean, that's why a lot of people play video games, right? You 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 exactly. trying to play this. You want to be the hero. You want to be yeah. the guy who yeah. solves the problem or fixes everything, and everybody adores and looks up to. Exactly, and um. So you know, D and I mean, it's just it's so interesting in the vast amount of problems and issues you can create, and I mean, just really limited by your imagination, and um. It's a type of, I think that in the black community we're we're used to competitive games, mm-hmm. and D and D is very much a cooperative game. Right. Yeah. And so, this is very true. You know, coming point. growing up in you know black family and stuff like that and whatnot, you're you're competing usually maybe with your siblings, with your cousins, mm-hmm. um, you all know, the time. all the time. That's yeah. what you're doing. And in a game like D and D, where you're forced to solve a problem by working together mm-hmm. that it seems foreign in a game right and in environment so that's another thing I, that i think i, I want to hold you there too because I, I had a point on that and i, I went to ask you something else too um i think one of the reasons maybe that we don't see this as much and this is i, I want to be i want to give him the credit for it, my fraternity brother who's actually staying here with me this weekend um he's not here now but um i was telling him about the podcast we we're going to do you know while he's at his event and um told him about this topic specifically and one of the things that he brought up that i hadn't even thought about was religion in the back community and how much that might affect being allowed oh, yeah. to even play a game like dungeons and That's dragons true. because they're just going to assume like, black parents look at that and go oh no 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 no, that looked like some some witchcraft, witchcraft shit, shit. Yeah. and yeah, we don't like we don't do that and he was telling something. me about how his parents he's like he's never read a harry potter book he's never seen the movie yeah okay. crystal also yeah, so you know what i mean i've never deal. seen the movies i've never read the books and 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 i was and, and he was like he was like I, he's like it's crazy because i see people so into it and i'm and i'm sitting next to him going well let me show you my room like i have so much like, you know yeah, like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm so into harry potter but at this but at the same time my mom stopped me oh, after 100%. the fourth book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she was like, after the fourth book is when she decided, and it could be my own fault because I've read every Harry Potter book Multiple. ten times a piece. No, I remember it's something is like my parents wouldn't let me read Stephen King. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Because yeah, too dark. Um, yeah. too dark mm-hmm. You know, talking about evilish yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, a book about devil. devils, Beans, whatever, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Like no, mm-hmm. no, and um, that is a big point. Yeah. When he I said that, yeah, his, name, his name's Jerome. You guys yeah. can uh, check him out. You know, raw recruits. He does. He's a he's a sports guy. But um, yeah, he brought that up, and I was like, that's an amazing point. That probably plays a big role. in a kid may go home or maybe at the store and see a D and D set or something somewhere or something similar to it, and say, "Mom, I want to. You know, I want to play that." And they're like, "No, you're gonna play Monopoly. You're gonna play Life. You know, you're gonna play Sorry." 
You know, you're going to play something like that. Um, you're not playing. I think in the I black community, is. when it comes to um, things like that, is that we have very strong, like, um, boundaries about what's acceptable to like, yeah, talk yes. about yep. yeah. and what's not acceptable mm-hmm. to go ahead and talk about. You keep that to yourself. Mm-hmm. Two positives and detriments, right? And um, in D&D, you're often especially as adults when you play the game, you're often dealing with, um, you're interfacing with the real problems through a game. Right. And so, like, um, for instance, um, you know, in a game that uh, I'll be running here soon called Dragon Heist, um, there may be an individual who um, is looking to tool um, religion because there's all types of gods in the D&D world. Obviously, all of them imaginary stuff. But you could play yeah. a cleric and worship a god and get your power from that divine mm-hmm. source. But um, there may be an evil individual who's using his his power. his his god and worshiping um, devils secretly. But right. he's like building a cult. Right. And um, let's say that you're playing a character that's a paladin, right? And you're an, you're an enforcer of good. Mm-hmm. Your, your your character is um, lawful good, mm. we'll go ahead and say. Yeah. Um, Can't relate. Hmm? <laughs> now, I play a D&D game where I was a paladin. Yeah. yeah and so, so yeah. like, that is, like, how do you, you know, negotiate with that problem? How do you deal with an individual who's sucking innocent people into maybe their cult? Mm-hmm. You know, you got to take down this person. But at the same time, maybe you don't want to um, destroy you know, these innocent people who were affected by, you know, said cult. Um, uh, you know, Patrice and I, she, I mean, we, we played a game called um, Tomb of Annihilation. Mm. And um, what's very interesting is Wizards of the Coast have been moving their games um, to be more progressive and open and incorporate certain spaces. Mm. And you can see, like, Wizards of the Coast um, using Tomb of Annihilation as um, uh, kind of their foray into being more inclusive mm-hmm. in the space. And um, to, when I say Tomb of Annihilation, uh, look at it as like the title of a game. It's like The Last of Us or something like mm-hmm. that. These books are pretty much the game. Their campaign settings are a single adventure. And um, they're just contained in a book. And they usually have a title kind of referencing what the adventure is about. Mm-hmm. So this one was called Tomb of Annihilation. And the problem that needs to be solved in this book is that there is a very evil undead wizard who created this apparatus to steal souls from everybody in the world. So um, if you die... Instead of your soul going to your God, it gets sucked into this thing called the Soulmonger. Mm. And mm. so it has all the nations and factions mm. up in Hevel. And in a fantastical world like D&D or Faerun, um, there's magic that can resurrect people. Mm. And that happens pretty regularly. And But this Soulmonger apparatus prevents that magic from happening. So you as a hero get sent on this epic adventure to go find the Soulmonger, find who's doing this thing mm. and stop them. And so, um, but you're sent to this place called Chult, which is in a southern portion of the world. Mm-hmm. It is awash in jungle, and um, hmm. and it's it's definitely an Indiana Jones, just mm-hmm. savage nation type of feel to it, yeah. where you're exploring the jungle and going through ruins. There's like dinosaurs and stuff in this in this area, mm-hmm. and you're slowly making your way through this um, landscape 
where there's no civilization and you have to survive and things are very dangerous in this land. And the only way to survive is to depend upon the people in your group. Mm. You got to, you know, you got to work together. And eventually you go through all these trials and tribulations and you end up at the end of the game where I'm not going to spoil the final end, but you have to descend into this massive underground complex. And in this complex is what you need to do to um, destroy this soul monger and stop Mm. it. But once you enter it, you can't escape. Mm. So you can't leave. So it's like the final destination. And once you're inside here, you have to work together or you yeah, you're gonna die. you're gonna die. So Patrice and I were at each other's throats in this game right. because we played two different characters entirely. Mm. I was playing this character that's much of like the reluctant leader. He's pretty straight laced dude. Mm. He doesn't he's like no nonsense. He's about let's go ahead and, you know, get the mission done. Right. And Patrice played this gnome called Prack. Yes, yes, she talked about uh, it. Which was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Which very much she was a character (laughs) that um, didn't like to be told what to do. Mm. Um, Very much interested in pretty yeah, yeah. yeah, Interested in like you know um, exploring and finding knowledge. Mm. Um, The world ending. Yeah. Whatever. That's just the thing. Yeah, it's just what happens. Yeah, so we we constantly (laughs) butted heads throughout this entire journey down into um, you know, this this complex. But the only way for us to make it out alive and solve the things we needed to solve was for us to somehow try to figure it out. Figure it out. But I think we also kind of, you know, butted head personality wise too. Mm -hmm. And you see this in games a lot. And I think that you know, in that game, we had, uh, once again, a, a safe space to explore these differences in personality and work mm-hmm. out these conflicts. And I think we became better friends because of it. Mm-hmm. And so um, those type of cooperative games where you have to work together has so much benefit, I think, you know, that could be added to the black community. Mm-hmm. Uh, children in general. I mean, I mean, I mean I'm sorry, specifically. Mm-hmm. Like um, you bring a bunch of children together and where you're not necessarily competing, but there's a problem that needs to be solved and you need to recognize each other's strength and weaknesses and go ahead and try to tackle it, you know, that's a beneficial thing. Because mm-hmm. um, when I was growing up, I was very much the outsider. Yeah. See. I have yeah, a lot I of friends. tell the story about how you got into D&D. Because um, I think that's a really good story. Yeah. And it kind of leads me to something I, I thought about trying to do. I don't know, you know, the reality of doing it, but mm-hmm. your story kind of inspired me to. Yeah, I mean, I got into it because I, you know, growing up, I was grew up in New Jersey, inner city. Um, you know, a latchkey kid. Mother worked a lot and stuff. Um, I was also pretty hefty, big kid too. So you know, I was the fat guy that they go ahead and make fun of and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm very much the outsider, and also I didn't have any siblings when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So I very imaginative kid, read a lot. You know, watched X Men cartoons and more, all that type of stuff. So I was already in a space where, since I didn't have a lot of friends to inter- interface with, I you know was in an imaginative space. So I think that that that's one. And, um, but when I got to middle school, I had this social studies teacher who entered, who, you know, one day I I remember it was at the end of class and he was like, all right, you know, we have this after school program we're going to go ahead and do where we're going to be playing a role playing game. He didn't call it D&D. He just said role playing game. And that's because I think in the mid nineties at this point, D&D was still kind of like, it was some devil devil worshiping stuff and had this at the school. Uh, So he just said it was like a, you know, a role playing game. 
And um, I already was in after school program, you know, because, you know, my mother was working and stuff and I walk home, come late anyway. And uh, so, you know, I went to this game and there was a few other kids in this room and um, he drew this huge grid on the like white or the chalkboard and he gave us each like these pre-made character sheets Mm -hmm. and he's like all right you know you're gonna be this healer you know and you're gonna be the fighter you're gonna be the ranger you're gonna be the magic user all right and he's like all right so all you're gonna have to work together and we explored some cave i don't remember like the details of it but i remember as a kid it being the first time where you know i was introduced to a scenario where it was kind of mandated if we wanted to play the game for us to work together. So I wasn't intentionally excluded. Right. And we all worked together and it all felt good. And granted, we argued with each other as kids and stuff and everything. Mm. But, um, we got towards the end. I want to say we fought something. It wasn't a dragon, but regardless, um, you know, we solved the issue and we got a reward for it. And, um, it was awesome to work together with these kids and uh, me being a kid and feeling included in that space. Mm -hmm. So I took that from middle school with me through high school and stuff. And, um, you know, I was always pretty much like the, the outsider as a kid. And, um, you know, that drew me into looking into more fantasy stuff when I was younger. I remember that pretty vividly. He's like, oh, you know, what is this sword and sorcery type of stuff? Mm -hmm. And I started reading more of that literature, more of those books. So it put me more and more into that space. Mm -hmm. So um, towards the end of high school, I found, I want to say it was either the library or it was like a used bookstore, but I found a third edition of a Dungeons and Dragons book. And I remember it's like, oh, this was that shit that that teacher in middle school, like Mm. we did that game and that stuck with me. And so um, I began reading it and, um, you know, I tried to get some other classmates of mine interested into it, but didn't happen. But it wasn't until I got to college where... Once you get into college, you get to choose your social circles, kind of, right? Yep. You get to go ahead and choose. <laughs> you get to choose the people you're going to interface with. You're not kind of segmented by class or by the periods and stuff you're in. Um, you know, if somebody's treating you a certain way, you got to deal with that shit. You just go, go, go over here and find whatever. So it was very easy to go ahead and find people who, like, you know, are in that kind of out outsider, outcast type of class of people and um so it's pretty easy to go ahead and find a D game because you know we showed up to these people and it was like oh yeah we're you know they're, they're playing magic the gathering and mm-hmm. all that type of stuff sure. anyway and um you find some people want to play D, you sit at the table and before you know it you're pl- you find a group of friends that you're playing mm-hmm. with every week so what was once an outsider thing i think in college turned into um you know, once those labels dropped and you just do with whatever, whoever you want to, you know, deal with, um, you find yourself just in that community. Right. And, uh, and there, you know, I mean, there, there you have it. And ever since then, you know, and there's been times where I've stopped playing. I stopped playing D&D for years because I was, you know, I was disc jockeying and doing all types of other stuff I was interested in. And, um, but once again, I found myself in a space where, I did have a lot of people interface with like my group that I was playing with for a little bit in my adult life. They broke up. One of them got married and stuff. And, um, and I wasn't doing too much. I wasn't disc jockeying. I was just kind of being me working and I wanted to find it reminded me of being younger, being kind of alienated, except as an adult now, yeah. because you're on that work schedule right. and you're trying to get stuff, you're trying to make money, yeah. you're trying to get stuff done. Be like, man, I wish I had a group of people or someplace I can get, you know, 
gather more friends and have um, more connections. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking online for D&D groups and boom, found the comic book shop. And before you know it, you know, two years later, up there running games right. and, um, you and go. you know, met some awesome people. Right. So D&D has always been a good sp- thing since it involves people sitting down and working together for you to just meet people right. and get to know people. Because if you want to play the game, you have to work with the yeah, person. You got to gotta talk with them. Yep. And, and so... I'm oh, sorry, Joe. Are you going to say something? No, I was going to say something. So, so, because a part I latched on in, in, in the story the first time and, and the second time is that um, that feeling of not being excluded. Um, and, and so I relate that to like positive reinforcement. What, I, what I've been thinking about, uh, I've been thinking about this for the last couple of weeks now, is as children... A lot of how you develop depends on what's reinforced in your life. So if as a kid um, you're always cursing as a child and your parents are laughing at it and they're Mm. not disciplining you for it, that's just naturally how you are. So when you go to school and you curse at the teacher and you get in trouble, your brain doesn't really understand why you're in trouble because at home it's acceptable. Uh, And that but that happens all the time. Right. So it. There's, I, I guarantee you there's kids out there who would have became class clowns except for the fact that nobody laughed when mm. they started telling the joke, right? And But the next kid over, they might have told the same joke and did get the response. So now that kid, he he saw the response he got from it. And the worst thing for a class clown is for the teacher to respond it's to give you positive reinforcement for what you're doing. So if mm. you're cracking jokes and the teacher's laughing too, now the threat of trouble is gone. So you continue to do it. Mm. Uh, and that obviously affects the entire class, things like that. So when I look at things like that, it, it, it lets me see that how positive reinforcement does it. And when you finally, and if you don't have positive reinforcement, um, the first time you do feel it, you kind of latch to it. Mm. And so, um, you know, as a kid, and you talked about this earlier too, as, as black kids, a lot of times, even if you're not necessarily competing, you feel like you're being thrown in a competition because I, how many times I've heard 100%. my mom talking to my aunts and, oh, yeah, well, Derek got this award and this and this. Oh, well, what did your son? You know, okay. And, and they make it sound like they're just updating each other on their kids. Mm. They're competing. Mm-hmm. They are. Whether they admit it or not, they're compar- They're trying to compare and say, my kids are better. But your kids are, okay, well, let's see. You're competing. Not, I mean, I guess part of it is a little bit natural. Like, you know, I want my kid to be better than your kid. All right, I get it. But as a kid, you don't realize necessarily what's happening and and instead of when you get that b instead of you know your parents saying hey i saw you work really hard on that i know you put a lot of effort in it you got a good grade i'm proud of you or saying hey i saw you work really hard on that i think you did a good job the teacher didn't agree let's see why they didn't agree and how we can get better the next time it's just you're failing you need to do better mm-hmm. oh you got a b well, you could have got an a that was my entire childhood was well if you got a b you could have got an a mm-hmm. oh well, you got an a you could have got a better a you're on 91. Why didn't you get 95? Why didn't you get 96? Mm-hmm. That's what it always was. My Some of my first signs of positive reinforcement was robotics, was doing something, doing it well, and being rewarded for doing it well, going on these trips to these competitions or just getting the trophies, things like that. And um, for a lot of people, we talked about earlier, even about the, the rock, you know what I mean? maybe people weren't getting that acceptance and especially in the black community we can be uh and I, all communities can be like that but you know we're all black so um people can be harsh people can be mean you know you get made fun of you're getting picked on all the time you know you got your big ears your big lips you're too black you're too this you're too that and you're getting picked on all the time mm-hmm. and maybe the first time you do feel accepted is when you know a group of white kids 
um, are listening to the same rock band you are. And Thanks. so that's why, and now you're integrated over there and you feel, and you don't even want to associate with the community that was, you know, picking on you. Now I've said on this platform multiple times, that's not a fucking excuse. I don't care. Don't, don't, I don't tell you that. But that being the case, I understand what, what might've led you there. And that first interaction with positive reinforcement is so important, I think. Uh, and if that can be done in a, uh, in a more positive way, then that's what it is. And that's, you know, that's what people will say is gang culture, right? The first sign of positive reinforcement is, yeah. is, is oh, I, I, my, my parents aren't here, or it's not just your parents, maybe they're working, things like that. And the first people that accepted me and made me feel included was this gang. So it's acceptance it. and inclusion. It's like, it's validation. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Is that as, as we're trained from being really young children onto our adults through our entire lives that validation is important. Mm-hmm. Validation, I think from a carnal social, you know, biological perspective or behavioral perspective is that validation means acceptance. It means safety in mm-hmm. the group. Um, you know, it, it, it means being part of a tribe, whatever right. that tribe may be. And, um, you know, it's, I think that in the black community, um, for a multitude of reasons, most of the, you know, a lot of it being kind of a national narrative, you know, of that you're, there, there's nothing valid that as black people you can do. Right. Matter of fact, you're not even supposed to be here. Right. Yeah. You know, that type of mentality for a generation after generation, 100 plus years or so, that um, it's been ingrained, I think, in the black community and culture um, that, um, to seek validation, mm-hmm. but from but from a position of feeling like you're not in okay. va- you're not valid that you at all, and um, I think you see that in so many different contexts and all the contexts that you're talking about, you know, your family saying you know constantly pushing mm-hmm. and be like, hey, you know, you know, why didn't you get that A, you know, um, you, as you're, you're telling your your child if you say it enough mm-hmm. and not in the right way that like you know your efforts is not you're valid not here you're not you know accepted unless you achieve you know a or b or c or whatever mm-hmm. and um you don't realize often to you're an adult that there was no finish line to right. begin with you know you're, you're you were never gonna you were never, never going, going to, to meet those expectations. meet the expectation because the expectation was just gonna they're always gonna move the goalposts for you exactly you get a hundred well you didn't do the extra credit why well, you could have got a hundred exactly. you know what i mean <laughs> and, like, you're, oh. and you know in in the national narrative for the black community from you know white america and the nation in general has been that you know your your, your community is not enough you as an individual are not enough and you're you're constantly searching to meet that imaginary goalpost mm-hmm. that is um out there, and it's um and it can be harsh to be locked into that cycle. And I think an easy way to get out of that cycle, speaking just of children, you know, mm-hmm. not 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 adults per se, is um games and gamification of these things clears away a lot of the complexity, and kind of allows you to pierce. Um, and get to the heart of these issues. Mm-hmm. And um, if if you're playing a D and D game and your objective is to go ahead and um, you know capture um, or I, I don't know, we'll, we'll keep it simple to um, you know defeat the dragon and get the gold. And um, you have a group of players with you, and you see that each person is acting a certain way in relation to that goal. It's it's easy to spot. Um, B 
behavior that's conductive mm-hmm. and um, behavior that's not, pro- I mean, behavior that's, that, that's not productive. And, um, and it's easier to go ahead and see personality traits manifest through a character that mm-hmm. somebody's playing because there's not a the character is generally not as complex as a human, right? Yeah. And people are generally putting on a performance that kind of reveals themselves. I think kids even, you know, pick up on that. And, um, and you, you think of how, you know, you're going to, what's working and what's not working in a community or in that group of players um, to achieve that goal. So I think that um, there's just so much that the game can teach children. There's so much that the game teaches me as an adult about people, as we talked about earlier, about who people are, the backgrounds and stuff they come from. And it's just, you know, I mean, it's a fun experience to try to um, overcome scenarios that just cannot be manifested in a video game or in a board game, mm-hmm. right? There's just certain scenarios that are complex and um, have to be played out in real time mm-hmm. through collaboration that you just cannot turn into a game, right. you know, a video game per se. Um, some of the funnest games I've had are modern day games and D&D is just not... It's just not a thing for high fantasy like Middle Earth or Lord of the Rings or um, Game of Thrones. There's all different types of iterations. There's um, D20 Modern, which is pretty much um, taking a modern spin Mm. on the uh, game. I mean, I'll never forget me and a group of players. We played this game where um, it was, I mean, it it was pretty much Indiana Jones where the players, it was a modern day world that had to um, go to um, like somewhere in Egypt or something and find some type of magical stone, pretty much the national treasure or some shit like that. Okay. okay. And, um, but the, the fun part about it was them getting there and um, dealing with, um, you know, they had a guide that ended up getting, unfortunately, like blown up by a rocket launcher in the back of like this truck in this high speed trace. It was, you know, it was you're making movie moments and stuff like That's that. <laughs> and um, seeing like how, that. you know, uh, trying to overcome these scenarios and uh there's vampire games out there too, right? Everybody's heard of that. One is most popular called Vampire the Masquerade, where you're in this underworld of um, different types of... The way the scenario starts generally is you're turned into a vampire, and it's like, well, how do you deal with that instantly? Like, you know, you're killed and you come back to life, and now you're introduced into this whole underbelly of, of this whole other society. How do you integrate? You know, how do you, how do you deal with your family? Right. You know, can you even go back to your family? Right. You know, um, how do you survive now that you're this thing that generally most of society would fear or hate and probably kill? And um, so there's very interesting social dynamics dealt with in, in, in those games. Um, and the list goes on, man. There's steampunk games. There's sci-fi games. You're trapped on a spaceship. And you're, you're pulling an Aliens movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're trapped on a spaceship and stuff like that. Like, how do you, um, you know, uh, survive in this scenario? Mm-hmm. Is it even possible for you to survive? You know, um, maybe you should think about instead, how do I get the information that I've learned in this scenario back to people so they can do something about it? Right. You know, you come to the conclusion that I'm not going to live through this. Well, then how would you act if you knew you were not going to survive? Right. You know, and so there's these interesting tales and um, these games can go on a few weeks. Some of them go on for like a year or a year and a half where you get together every week, every month or something to that effect. And you continue the storyline and you grow attached to these characters and you build friendships. 
you know, and and, yeah, exactly. And um, you also, it bridges the gap, I think, in adults politically. Like there's people who I play with who, you know, I mean, political wise, I'm not really aligned with, Mm. you know, I mean, we have a strong differences in political theory and opinion, but I appreciate those people as people because I see who they are Mm. when we game and stuff. Mm. You see through the stories that they tell themselves about the world politically and you see like this what they believe when it comes to humanity mm-hmm. you know and and, and people in, in general and so um i can appreciate them from that level so i've noticed gaming has been a, a big bridge considering how partisan the political environment and stuff is is that you have people sit around who believe all types of things but when it comes to dealing with very specific problems people generally want to do good you know mm. they want to help the the child who has a missing parent you got to find where their parents went you know or you know they want to find out the person who poisoned the city well or the sewer system and you know stop everybody from dying mm. and stuff you know they're d- despite all the political theater and stuff we hear constantly there's a lot of problems that transcend that and people solve um they they want to solve it the same way you know and that's really good to see too, is that you know it kind of pierces that 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 veil. I think that that's good, um, you know. And I've, you learn a lot about yourself from the game too. You learn about who you are as a person. Um, you sit back and analyze the type of characters you're playing long enough, or better yet, it's very hard to think about what you would do immediately in a given situation. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. it's like you know, like if I was to present a scenario to you that um, you wake up. And um, you instantly hear the national alarm system in, in the United States going off. Mm. And you look outside and you see zombies tearing through the parking lot. Quick, what do you do right now? Like, um, lock the doors. It's all right. Freak out. Honestly, I freak out. Freak the fuck out. Freak the fuck out first. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, my yeah. God. Nigga, what? It's oh, happening. No. It's happening. Oh, no, it's real. Oh, God. Yeah. You role play that stuff. Like, okay, you, 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 you freak out. Suddenly you hear glass break. In your place, what do you do? Right. You know, pray. I'll pray. I'm just praying, bro. Just going. I would do the chuck it up thing. to the chuck it up to the big man upstairs. Grab and, uh, that bottle and just throw it out. <laughs> exactly. And whatever. then so you square up and you go to confront the situation, and you see it's like four of them came inside your window and they oh, eat you alive. So all right, Where you run the scenario back you? now. Yeah. Start all over. Now again. what are we doing? Now, yeah. now, now, okay, so, okay. And, now, now I'm picking up my bat that's right by my bed. Okay, exactly. Yeah. You think about, okay, well, maybe I instead I should have got out of the place that I'm confined in and maybe try to find, or maybe I grab a weapon instead. Right. Or right, maybe right. I check, or maybe I try to move stealthily and try not to be heard. You know, and it's like, okay, so you make it out the apartment. Where do you go? Yeah. You know, who do you call? Who do you talk to? Can you even call somebody? Yeah. You know, is your phone charged? Like, is your phone charged? Exactly. Like, you get in a car, nigga. Shit done so. So you get in a car and you pull out. Immediately, you see traffic. You know, so that was a waste of time. You know, what do you do now? And and those scenarios become interesting. You begin to build a story, right? You begin to like. Okay, you meet these interesting NPCs that the dungeon master and stuff would go ahead and play, and um, some of them have good intentions, some of them have bad intentions, and then you got to think about like, well, what if somebody double crosses you? You know, you yeah. know, like, well, 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 as your character, how would you feel about that, and what would you do? Is it worth getting them back, or are you gonna play the long game and ignore it, you know, and continue on, which you know, whatever 
mission or goal you were doing. One of the funnest games to play is a zombie survival mm. zombie survival horror game because people can kind of relate to that yeah. and stuff like that and um, and move on. So it's <laughs> interesting. Ian shook, but he ain't trying to be in none of that. Not kind of zombies, huh? I avoid zombie movies at all costs. What? Oh, word. Yeah, oh, man. I don't, I don't like them. As you can tell, like... humans love them. We love them. Yeah. 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 I don't like yeah. no way out. Feeling like there's just no way out. Right. I hate that feeling. It, like being um, trapped. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I don't like, you know. Like, there's, you're, like you're not going to win, bro. Eventually every gonna get zombie, you. anything I've ever seen, they've always get held up at a stronghold. There's yeah. just no way out. Yeah, yeah. I hate that. Like, just, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, yeah. They're going to break through eventually. Yeah. Like, they, you have a meter. They don't. Yeah, you, you need food. You need water. You got to survive. Exactly. They don't need any of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at some point, you're going to, you know, get to the end. But, um,. I, yeah, so I think what I'd like to do, and maybe I shouldn't put say it on the platform, but whatever. What, what I'd want to do is go to um, some of these predominantly black high schools, maybe middle schools, and see what the reality would be about having a club like that. Um, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to just be D and D. It could be like a gaming type club or something like that. Tabletop club, I don't know. Tabletop, like yeah, it, it could be. It, it yeah. could be. It could be a couple of different things. Gaming type thing. But introduce it because. Um, you know, and uh, Ian was there too, and Ian can tell you whether he kind of joined on his own merit or just joined because I was doing it. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, robotics was a was a complete off chance that I even heard it. You know, what I'm saying it was a freshman in high school, and they had taken a taken a year off because uh, they just didn't have as much interest. The old team had graduated, um, weren't that successful anyway. Um, things like that. So they had taken a year off, and he decided to come back. Uh, the, the guy who, uh, his wife actually worked at the school, so he decided to come up and just say, "Hey, let's see if we can try it again. Let's see if we can start it again." So, uh, randomly, it's afternoon. I remember it clear as day, loud as hell in the room. Kids, it's freshman mm-hmm. in high school, right? They're just loud as hell. Can't hear any of the announcements anyway. So I'm just sitting there, whatever. Just can't wait to go home. And all of a sudden, just through, it's like everybody calmed down or something, or I just zoned in. It's just it was supposed to happen. I was supposed to hear it, and it's just like, yeah, if you're interested, and in, we're you know the new robotics club meeting technology room. You know, we had, uh, for our, at our high school, we had a freshman academy, so I rarely did we really leave or have to leave the freshman academy at lunch mm-hmm. there, everything like that. The gym was like the only thing we had to leave for, right? Um, so I remember me, I, I didn't even really know where the technology room was. You know, I had to go find it and dig around. But when we got in there, and I saw like a couple other people in there, and they were talking about like building robots and shit, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it. I was like, "But it seems cool." Mm-hmm. And right, it was a niche group. It wasn't a big group or anything like that. But because of that, um, you build different relationships with those people. You had different interactions with those people. And I think this would be sort of the same thing. I know that at least initially, you know, it's not going to be, uh, you know, a hundred people trying to stay after school to play. No, D&D, all you need right? is it works better in small groups too. Right. Right. I think that you know that's a great idea. Something we could definitely go ahead and set up and do. Explore. I'm to do. And, and the thing is, and the thing is, I, I want to do that. I want you to do the DM thing. Yeah, is this is that teenagers? I've noticed when they play games is is typical of teenagers. They want to explore boundaries. Mm. So you get a bunch of like rowdy freshmen teenagers. You know their goal is going to be to try to push the boundaries as far as they yeah. can yeah. until. Yep, yep. Until they're introduced to an element where, um, I don't know how to put this. I, I want to say they're, they're introduced to a conflict that challenges something they believe about themselves. Right. Okay. 
I think that teenagers are always is interested in that, is that they're interested in defining who they are. And so you present something that challenges what they believe about themselves, then it's like, well, hold up. You know, let me actually think about this. But if you introduce that element into a game for, I think, teenagers, you know, really young adults and stuff, it's like, man, we're going to, you know, I pull down my pants and put my nutsack on his jaw. That's what I do, you know, (laughs) in the game. Right, in the game. And it's like, I'm just going to do the absurd stuff to see the boundaries of this. But if, uh, but when you introduce something to, you may need to cut that out. I don't know if no, no, no. Oh, no, no. You good. My bad. But, you know, if you introduce something to teenagers where, like, you think about what, you know, how do I get a teenager to think about themselves and, like, who they are and um, and try to promote the growth of that, mm-hmm. then I think they, they gravitate towards the game. Right. So um, teenagers lead a lot of, you know, attention and babying and that aspect mm-hmm. with these games. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we have a teenager who plays in our game on uh, Saturdays for a while, Jackie. Maybe she'll listen to this. Mm-hmm. Jackie's awesome. And, um, but, you know, she's a teenager coming into adulthood. And, uh, you know, it, she always try, pushes the, the boundaries of, of, of my game, right? Mm-hmm. She's always trying to go ahead and, like, um, Take the energy, maybe focus it about what her character is doing, mm-hmm. and push, you know, the the the, the, the boundaries, and then it's like if I don't honor what she's going through at that point in her mm-hmm. life, then the game gets to, you know, yeah. gets a bit out of hand. But that's um, but you know, all that stuff is interesting to see when it comes to um D and D. It's um, it's a very unique game, and um, it's one of the few games I know that. Teaches collaboration instead of comp instead of competition. Co- competition. Yeah. And like uh, chess club, it's competition. Competition. Yeah. Debate yeah. Team, it's competition. Exactly. Yeah, it's all competition. Even it's as me, the DM, you know? I'm I'm arbitrating the game, but at the same time, I'm not. I'm really on the player side, right. you know, because if if they all die, then there's no game, right? right. Yeah. And but at the same time. You, you, as a DM, you got to be as neutral as yeah, possible. You got to be yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. you got to be like, okay, you know, if that happens, then it happens. Um, I don't know how many characters, uh, you know, I've killed over the years because of, <laughs> you know, them doing stuff that just makes no sense. You know, right. yeah, your, your yeah. character suddenly ends up, um, ends up dying. And, um, and also, you know, it, it, it itches my creative spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, as a DM, somebody who generates the worlds and controls them, I get to think about... I get to think about the ramifications of people's actions within the game. Maybe you treated that, I don't know, that random goon number seven like shit, but you didn't kill him. Mm. You thought you were doing him a favor by letting him go. But he gets mad, right? Yeah, he thinks about it. He goes three, four sessions later, and maybe you should have got rid of him. But maybe if the lawful good character, you did the right thing, Mm -hmm. regardless. You don't feel bad about your actions. But maybe it's a chaotic neutral character you're like dang i should have should have nipped him in the bud right there should go ahead and snip that off they have to worry about this now now we in a now we in a zone um maybe playing a lawful evil character um you don't let that character go but you keep tabs on them right Right. you um you let them go but you always remind them that i i I, I, I let yeah, you go. Don't forget. You know, no. don't forget that. Matter of fact, let me bring you into my. Let me, let me try you to mold you into something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me try to make something of you. You can try yeah, to control yeah, that individual. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, just interesting stuff like that. You know, so um, you look at all these different alignments, and um, and there's a lot that it has to to offer. Uh, I, I I think I could really see kids who 
you know, um, you know, like for me, I, I mean, I obviously had to go home and watch my little brother when I was in high school a lot of times too. So I wasn't always able to, you know, stay after school all all the time. But uh, and especially during summers and stuff. But I, I mean, I, and I don't know. I'm interested to hear Ian and Gerard. Like, if something like this had, if they had something like this, where, and I, I guess it's different too, because you know, Ian has like siblings that are near his age and stuff like that. So maybe going home is a different experience. But for me, I was going home basically to be by myself more or less. You know what I mean? And raise a yeah, kid. So it would have been cool to say, hey, every two three hours, you know, once or twice a week. I can stay after school, interact with this group, and exactly. play this game with a bunch of other people, and we're keeping up with it. It's almost like a, it's almost like appointment television, right? It's almost like Game of Thrones. We're all at the same point in this story, and we're all trying to get through the story together. Mm-hmm. And that would have been, I think, for me personally, I think it would have been oh. interesting to hear over the radio. Now, mm-hmm. where we went to high school, you probably would have got. You know, I mean the jokes. I yeah. mean the the, the oh the, the yeah, bullying, roast the shit out of you. The bullying yeah. probably would have been yeah. insane. And that's yeah. the thing too is that but. I feel like you know, I mean the also, uh, and this happens no matter what community you're in. But I feel like um, sometimes in a black community that we are we often um, try to regulate and um, push back or um, eliminate those type of things that don't fall into mm. what's traditional in the culture. It feels like, you know, you, you get a group of individuals playing a game and stuff together, especially like in high school age, we're talking mm. about adults, not so much, you know, don't, yeah. I mean, whatever, you know, they're going to be like, what are y'all doing in here? Yeah, you know, we, you know expect the jokes, this? expect yeah. the bullying, expect that. Yep. Right. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I think it, it'd be cool though. Cause I know like with robotics, I mean, part of, part of the reason people didn't like, like give us too hard or hard time with robotics is, Two of the guys that were on the team were pretty popular people. Like people knew who they were. They were a year mm-hmm. ahead of us, but they were pretty popular people. Mm-hmm. So people yeah. knew who they were, and because they were like above us, it's like they kind of stood in the way. Like people would, people be like, "Oh, y'all are doing that. Oh, y'all, well, y'all are cool. So I guess it must be all right." You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we were. I, I guess we were kind of saved from. I, we bullied our damn selves. We were we were on bullies. We, a lot we of bullied time. ourselves. Yeah, like and, and amongst ourselves, we just yeah. we ripped into each other about different shit. Um, but it didn't come from an outside source, so yeah. we're pretty safe. And then, I mean, we're also the most successful thing at the damn school in the first place. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we kicked Jaraz's <laughs> ass a bunch of times. Um, but, oh, look at that look! Look at that look! About the, how many times you go to South Best then? No, nah, we only went to South Best. We went like twice. We only went to South Best twice. Well, the years we, I we, did. we we dominated Vex. We didn't South. Like the, all the yeah. all the oh, best, best competitions, yeah, we, we just did, like yeah. yeah. Y'all, I think y'all did first too. Yeah, right? we did. Yeah, we did first. Yeah, we, we, we didn't did have the see like I was the firm bank group, so we didn't have like the we had some money for it, but we posted we mostly focused on Georgia's best, so we did well there. Mm-hmm. Everything else we didn't really do much of because mm-hmm. we just didn't have the time for it. But now nah, we was we was we went to Auburn every year. Yeah. We went to Auburn every year. So mm. yeah, yeah. The the amount of critical yeah. thinking and stuff that you gain from the game mm-hmm. is 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 immense. It's yeah. um, and yeah, I think I mean there's just benefits all around to go ahead and introduce this to, um, you know, some demographics, the community, black community, where you just don't see it that much, mm-hmm. um, you know, and. Yeah, well, I mean, we should get together and maybe try to do something like that. I'm just saying, imagine, imagine like you're sitting in your, you know, your class, and you know, you just imagine kids like sitting in class and just being excited, like, dude, we can't wait to get to, you know, 
the room later so mm-hmm. we can play D&D. And then I, I, it would even get to the point where um, it wouldn't have to be us every single time they're running the games or something like that. Oh, they'll take it learn. over. They'll yeah. pick it up. Yeah. And they'll, yeah. 100%. they'll be in there before you even get there. Like, hey, 100%. guys, you know, I, I got a new job, so I, I can't get to the room until, you know, six or, or five, you know. Oh, that's cool. You'll have a, a, a president of the club, and, and he'll run – Everything yeah, yeah. you know, who's going to be DMs today? Who's going to mm-hmm. run either short stories or who's going to continue playing their long stories? Who's going to do like mm-hmm. I could see the easily growing itself mm-hmm. in itself, and then my thing is, I think the stories that can be told from these D and D games, I think they're so intriguing. Like I mean, because I I because I, I, I watched drawing Ian and looking at you know listening to even some of the scenarios you described for us, and it's like. You're interested in it. You're like, that's kind of like, oh man, what would I do? Man, I want to, damn, I want to be engaged. like, you're engaged in that situation. Mm. And I yeah. could easily see somebody else be, being like, uh, you know, somebody's like, oh, that, you know, oh, you, you mean that nerd, you know, club that you're in? And they're like, yeah, but let me tell you about this. And once I start telling them, like, you strip the labels away. It's like, oh shit, hold yeah. on, man. Yeah. Maybe I do yeah. want to come to see what that's about. You know, yeah. sure. So they say yeah. that, just say, just give them like a, paint them a picture, like, okay. Yeah, the but scenario. Like, here's well, the scenario that we're, we're we're dealing with, and this is what How we're actually going to focus on today. You know, we're going to try to get past this part of our story, and you tell them that they're like, oh. "What?" Then they, then they it's not like it. it's not like a TV show, right? It's not like y'all playing Game of Thrones <laughs> some shit. Like, yeah, to bring yeah. up TV show and stuff, it's just like with the invention and the spread of podcasting and whatnot, is that these games, even with children and adults, as we know, can be turned into you know mm-hmm. um, serial storytelling events mm, yeah and um i think that's what's driving their popularity and kind of taking this game from out of the shadows and putting it into more of a mainstream lane is that you know there's all types of celebrities now doing guest spots doing these games and um there's unique stories being mm. told and people follow them um you know like the one we're doing for our podcast the D basement party one is we're doing a book that came out called dragon heist and a dragon in the Ferunian world, the fantasy world, is a gold coin. Mm-hmm. So it's a gold coin heist. Right. So the premise is is that um, somebody found out that the former lord of this massive metropolis was embezzling a bunch of gold and keeping it locked in a vault somewhere around the massive city. Mm-hmm. Your job is to find it. And it's like a half a million gold pieces. What mm. would you do with a half a million gold pieces? Who else would be looking for it? Right. How would you keep it from that person? How would you protect it? How would you find it? Right. Who would you align yourself with? Right. So, you know, I mean, it's it's a heist story. You know, it's kind of like an Italian job type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and those stories are cool to dramatize mm-hmm. and actually listen to. And for kids and whatnot, maybe that one's a bit too sophisticated, I think, for well, it depends on the age group we're talking about for for um for kids, but um I I mean, I can't stress enough just like how much from a growing perspective these stories in the game just has to to offer. Right. It it feels like to me, the more I think about it, the more we talk about it, why isn't this stuff already in our school systems? I mean, no matter black, white, or whatever, it's like, it's like, where is the, you know, you know, get on my soapbox. I mean, you know, where is the, you know, where is our community taking charge of, um, you know, getting people to really think about and growing this critical thinking, interpersonal skill type of stuff. Um, I mean, we accelerate 
in robotics and, and, and we try to do our best to um, get the key STEM skills down, mm-hmm. whether STEM we do is it. a big push now. Yeah, but it feels like, you know, the, the concept of working together or coordinating, that stuff is like going down the drain. Mm-hmm. You don't see like, I mean, it... Team building, things like that. You know, it's yeah. just not really there. Making kids do a PowerPoint project together or a trifold board, it's not, you know what I mean? Like, they're not, they're not really invested in that. Yeah, it's because yeah. it's school, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you realize half this shit you're not going to use. You know what I mean? These kids are, they're, they're, yeah. these kids are smarter than we were. You know what I mean? I think our generation was, you know, kind of still following the, the, the general path, you go to school, you graduate yeah. from high school, you go to college, you do that, you, you just do that thing. Yeah. These kids are looking at all this shit and going, "This is some bullshit." Exactly. I'm not learning shit in school. Um, I, I'm gonna go to a, a college so I can graduate, be fifty thousand dollars in debt, and have no guarantee of a job anywhere. I'm doing what? I'm doing. Like, yeah, they're they're learn, questioning they're more. Learning from us, you, you're right? <laughs> they're they're looking at us. Our, well, you got to think too. A lot of us have younger siblings, and so they're watching. My little brother's watching me and going. Right, not making that mistake. Okay, not making that mistake. Okay, not making that mistake. Okay, not mm-hmm. making that mistake. Like you see what I'm saying? He's watching everything. And every time I fuck up, I tell him. He knows every fuck up I got because I don't want him in the we same positions the same. I'm in. Same so same deal. I have a brother who's ten years younger than me and you know, witnessed the things that mm-hmm. I've been through and currently are going mm-hmm. through. And um, you know, and I'm pretty sure it's like, Oh damn, son, let me go ahead and make sure that doesn't happen to me. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, um I think that our generation is exposing this is on a whole different level, but we can go here mm. is exposing um, the ramifications of the narrative that our nation has been telling um, generations, like yep. especially when it comes to schooling, when it comes to what is prosperity, what is success, mm. what is quote unquote, the American dream, and you know? Uh, yeah. And how to get there. Mm. It's like, there's been these um, marketing tools and stuff that, has been exposed to um, generations of young people from, I want to say, you know, the millennial generation. And they're finally coming of age. And people are beginning to see that yeah, they ain't behind, there's nothing behind door number three. Right. Or two or yeah, one. Yeah. You know, it's all been a game show to begin with. It's just mm-hmm. a, it's it's a facade. And people are pissed, man. People are pissed out here. I mean, it should be criminal to go ahead and, you know, give an 18 year old, a promissory note for a loan. Right. That should be criminal. But you know, I mean, I remember at the end of my high school career, sitting in with a college, you know, counselor and stuff like that. And all they do is give you a book, a big ass book, a list of colleges, Mm -hmm. tell you you need to take these tests, you know, and that's it. And then Mm -hmm. after that, you, you sign up, you get accepted. Then, you know, if you're not wealthy, like most people, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the admission person go, hold up a sec. You need to fill out this FAFSA. You see, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> you're like, what? You're like, yeah, you need to fill up this yeah. long document. I remember being 18, looking at all these this massive yeah. document about income, overwhelmed, and stuff. You have no God. idea what the hell you're looking at. Mm-hmm. But all I'm you know is that hey, that's I gotta go to college. Is how you go to college and stuff. Fill out the that document, and then they come back and tell you, okay, you qualified. At 18, you're like, what does that even mean? Like, I thought I took the SATs. Did not qualify then? Yeah. Like, no, no, no. We need to look at your. We see your fresh meat. You don't mm. got any debt, anything attached to you. So, yeah, you're qualified so to take this loan. Let's give you Pretty some. Let's, let's put you on board. And before you know it, you know, fast forward two, three, or four years later, some people don't even graduate. That's the mm. worst. You get out, you don't even get the degree, and now, boom, you know, we need that money back, you mm-hmm. know, that 
10, 15K or wherever much it is. I feel sorry for people who spend like 100K. I mean, you imagine. There's a lot of people who go to these big universities and spend yeah. stupid oh, amounts of money. Yeah. You know, you got, I or mean. go back to school. And, and, and. Yeah, or, or, or people getting the doctorates, masters, things like yeah. that. They, 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 they spend an insane amount of money um, to get those degrees from these high level, you know, pri- high profile schools. And it's like, I listen, but nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. Nobody cares. And this is being exposed. <laughs> and it's being exposed to generations younger than mm-hmm. us, right? Your brother, mm-hmm. my brother, um, kids in school, they sit in here and they see the sham, right? You know, they, they see it sitting in front of their eyes. I mean, kids are, I mean, you, you get on Wikipedia, get online and stuff. You can do your own research. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're doing good research or not is a whole different question, but you can still get online and find out. Mm-hmm basic truths about right. stuff yeah. and uh, you're realizing that this is just none of this is real mm. and like we were talking about earlier authenticity is mm. the thing that is ruling these to the, even if you're like an influencer even if you're like a celebrity and stuff like that um granted you have a brand but what's usually attached to that brand is some type of like i'm authentic mm. in some way like you hear i'm why, just like you i'm not that much different than why you. do people like cardi b yeah, she's she's she's, yeah, she's herself. She's street. She's, she's exactly she's street, right? Yeah. She's herself. You know, mm, yeah. I mean, like this is people that's feel part like they of the can brand. To her, people feel like people feel like she's one of us. Just happens to be rich instead of a rich person that you so, can't even relate to at all. So that's why Cardi B can like have all of her rhymes written for her. Yeah, uh, that's my exactly. opinion. I could be wrong. I, I, know, I, know, I don't I know agree. what Cardi B is doing. That's why. You know? That's why it's that's why it's accepted because. We already accept her. Yeah, and she, and, and, and but, but Nicki Minaj, really but yeah. Nicki Minaj on the other hand can actually be a dope lyricist. Can like write her own material, but and but people are just like, mm, you if were dressed up in pink, looking like an anime yeah, character, right. just like yeah. five years ago. Yeah. You know, who are you? Uh, are I mean, who? Yeah, who really are you? Yeah, who, really feel are like you? They don't really know her. As yeah, well. who? Who, who, who yeah. are you? Mm-hmm. So I mean, the authenticity is 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 ruling in these days. You know, that's why. That is until it uh, conflicts with our moral compass. Exactly. I mean, and um, I mean, we, we see that with uh, so many hip hop artists and stuff these days. That's why it's harder for hip hop artists from like the early 2000s to get back on. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, because back in that time period, it was the facade, right? It was the brand. It was easy to keep up. It was easy to keep yeah. up. Very easy the to keep up. The gold chains, the party mm-hmm. lifestyle mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It was like, you know, Little John was a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You hear Little John talk, he sound like me. Shit, right? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, super official. But Little John was a character, and people accepted that character. Mm -hmm. But now you get, like, a Little John out there. Nobody's trying to see a character like that in hip-hop. You ain't trying to, sorry, you know, you can go ahead and sit back down. Um, Same thing. T-Pain, you know, dope writer, man, can go ahead and, you know, sing. But um, T-Pain was still a character. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, all these acts from the early 2000s and stuff were characters. And we're moving to this area now where... We have um, teenagers trying to seem authentic, you know, like mm. your your little whatever, you know, enter your your um, name noun. <laughs> What's that with like hip hop artists though? Little, it's like little, little is like the thing now. Little yeah, no, I, I think. I think I mean Lil has always been there. There's always been a lot of Lil's for a while, and I think it's I don't just, feel I feel like there's more. I feel like maybe it's just maybe well, yeah, I, maybe there's I sound more old now because it's easier. Know. It's it's easier for more people to make music. 
that's what so it there's is. more people yeah. who are just coming out and be like well i don't have a name so i'm just gonna be little this or little that yeah. and that's, that's what, what it is and they're also it's easy it's easier and cheaper for younger people to make it so they're all like i'll just be little this or little that because their favorite rapper might have been lil wayne or whatever little something yeah. little that. and then and then especially now you're talking about kids it's even easier for them to do it so you know these kids now are growing up with lil yachty and whatever lil uzi and they're like oh i like those rappers those are my favorite rappers so they want to be little something you know and they're gonna be i'm, I'm little armrest i'm little whatever microphone like <laughs> they're gonna do whatever they want to do <laughs> like little inanimate object that's that's, I mean, that's what it is yeah. like that's, they will yeah, do that and yeah. that's but, th- but that's why that's why it feels like there's man more now some of the rappers got the acronyms like there's some like paramilitary force from a third world country oh, ying yeah. yfm uh, yeah it's like Y-N-G. like what yeah. it's like okay the baby yeah, yeah, that's, that's oh, yeah the baby. The baby, nice. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, it's like, it's um, it is interesting, um, to look and and see how it, uh, you know, it's kind of kind of played out. Um, but um, I mean, yeah, we talk about that all the day. But anyway, you know, I mean, um, any UP folks out there, you haven't played D and D? Look it up, go online, check it out, check that shit out. You know, you go ahead and hand D&D it D&D now. You want to play? You want to give it a shot? He's like, I don't know. You the first time I've ever like, well, I've never played D and D, but the first time I've ever like played something like it uh, was Clue. Mm, yeah. But mm. uh, we we mm. I I I took it upon myself to act as the character that I was playing. Yeah, that's, that's what you're supposed to do. Fun. Yeah, that's when it was most fun. Yeah. I, my sister started doing the same thing, but you know, that's that, the thing that was too. Like the closest it ever gotten to like doing something like that. You know, mileage, like I said, may vary when it comes to the acting. Some people, when they play the game, they just describe what their character does because they're comfortable with that. They're not comfortable with the whole, like, you know, performance aspect. Right, put on voice or anything like that. I become the character. I got to. That's the thing, though. Hello, (laughs) Governor. Do you have the files? That's the best part. You create accent and everything. But if, you know, I noticed as when I'm running the game, if I start doing it, you know, people other people feel more like, okay, like, yeah. all right. Oh, he's doing it. it. Okay, cool. Like, yeah, so, this is acceptable yeah, around right, the right, table. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people start loosening it up over time. And, and, um, you get in, you know, you get, I mean, it's easy. It's fun to watch people get involved in the game. Yeah. And then they start, like, you know, caring about the situation. And, um, because you start questioning your own moral compass and stuff, too. Like, you get presented with some moral quandaries and stuff. Like, you know, how do you, um, I have a game coming up where there's um, an individual who's a noble, and mm. but this noble, um, this is how fantasy it gets. This noble was like a, a practitioner of magic, cast some spell, but the spell blew her up, mm. but turned her cat into like um, like a, a, a tabaxi is called, which is an anthropomorphic type of you know humanoid mm-hmm. cat creature. Mm. So her character is the cat, and she took the identity of the noble. Oh wow! Okay, so that's it's like so that's the backstory she has. So she took the identity of this <laughs> cloistered noble and is now pretending has her doc being her. That's and um, that's very so what I'm going to present is that um, there's a newspaper around the city, and there's going to be a young reporter who saw this case in the books of some explosion happening and began investigating. And is slowly but surely on her trail and, and is going to figure that out that, like, you're person. not the person who you said you were, and but this other person is dead. Right. How they died. Right. What did you do? So I, I plan on presenting this person with a moral quandary. How do you stop this person who's really just trying to do the right thing, Dang. but at the same time, it's, gonna it's threatening you your livelihood? Yeah. Yep. You know, what do you do? So, you know, those type of things. Mm. Shot. 
Shocking. Stay tuned. And I don't know where we're going on time. Maybe we'll have to split the episode up or whatever. I don't care. Probably. But um, you said what? Oh, we, we, we all three. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. 323. Um, so, but one thing that I was I, I, I wanted to ask, because I, I guess it's interesting, is I feel like things are a little bit different for Ian because, you know, my, me and my brother, we have a nine-year gap, right? So, um, you know, it wasn't until he got a little bit older we got to get closer and get to know each other and that. But mm-hmm. Ian, in a, yeah, your sister is how much older than you? Your 13 years old. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so we kind of grew up, like, you know, like by the time, like, what was it? I was like five or whatever. She was about to graduate her high school. Right. Back in like the mid 90s. You see what I'm saying? But no, but it can relate. You're older, be closer. Right. So once you got that yeah. gap and you're kind of by yourself, mm-hmm. uh, nothing's a little different. But Ian is the one here whose sister, like he's always had his sisters. So like, um, right. You know, he's, they're, they're all roughly the same age. So it's not looking for that positive. You're not, you, you guess you didn't necessarily have to look for that positive reinforcement mm. outside of your home. Because you and your sisters actually like get along and like mm. you know you actually like like each other. Where a lot of I mean, I'm not saying everybody doesn't, but you know some 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 siblings are like always fighting constantly or never getting along or always like you know at each other's throats. Um, and I say y'all never do that, but um, oh, we did that. A lot. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, that but transpired. You know, <laughs> it, it, but you know, at least overall, at the end of the day, y'all are a close knit group. Yeah, we, and we, we, so. You get your positive reinforcement there. You have that sense of community a little bit there. I so see, I wonder how uh, much, how much, what? how much outside, how much did you f- ever, did you ever feel like you needed to look outside of that? Was it, or, or, did you have my tally like, like, well, I don't need y'all because even if y'all don't want to be my friends, it's cool because I have this group here that I'm always with anyway. I feel like it was a detriment to me being so close to my sisters Why because you say that? <clears throat> I felt, I felt like I didn't need to be social, and because of that, I became antisocial. So when I was mm, taken apart from them, from I, the, yeah, from when home. I was taken apart from them, which I eventually had to be at, when I went to college, right? I didn't know how to interact with the people because I was never mm. interacting with other people outside. Uh, so they, they carried the burden of like including you and like, mm. you know, kept up with you. Dang, we right, learned all did, about y'all. You know, I, I, I know, right? See how D&D <laughs> just brings out, brings out. So yeah, I met since like once. okay. But I think it's interesting because it's weird because in high school, I think people thought Ian was more social than me. Hmm. That's how we, that's how people perceived us. I, I don't really know from what, but that's how people perceived it. But pro- probably more because Ian was in like marching band and stuff. So more people like knew his mm-hmm. face, whereas I wasn't as in, in people's face. I was in clubs that, you know, I mean, we were winning at robotics, but nobody cared. You know what I mean? Like we were, I wasn't in clubs that people like, cared about. So, um, but in reality, I think most of the people, especially through college, Probably most. I mean, two of Ian's uh, groomsmen party were people that I introduced him to. Yeah. Because I, I, even though I'm not super social, mm. I'm the more social person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of the people that Ian would know anybody, were people I brought yeah. around. Anybody who meets me for the first time, they'll think, "Oh, is Ian quiet?" Like, yeah, yeah. Think mm-hmm. I'm, That's know, a big thing. Like, oh, he's quiet. Quiet, or shy he, guy. He's in his room or whatever, and I'm like, oh, "No, he's he's fine." Like, just knock on his door, he'll open it. You know what I mean? Like, don't worry about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he'll he'll open up to you, but it's. You know, I guess I never, I never thought of it coming from the fact that you didn't have to be social because you, you had friends that you could talk to all the time anyway. You know what I mean? Just happened to be my siblings. Yeah. And I guess, I guess maybe, I guess maybe that kind of adds to maybe. Yeah, I I I, I'm I'm a dominant person in friendships. Like I'm like, "Uh, hold on, you're my friend. You're gonna stay here. 
Yeah, yeah. I think you'll see that play out in games too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you play enough of these games yourself, and you think about the characters you play, you begin to see patterns, and you begin to see things about your own personality. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, you know, I, I never thought of myself as, you know, uh, an individual who's entrepreneurish or maybe um, more, um, more tolerant of risk, mm-hmm. and hence in general generally willing to put myself in leadership roles mm-hmm. until I, I played enough of these D and D games and I started I was like, man, look at all these characters I'm playing. Like, you know, you know, mm-hmm. these and, and then I start analyzing my own actions in these games. Like I'm always, you know, putting the leg out, well let's try this, let's try this, let's do that. What is this about? Let's mm-hmm. you know. And um so you I mean you learn things about yourself and just in the way that you're talking through it and right now, you know, you learn things about who you are as a person and and how you interact. And um, once again, you know, the safety of the game, people tell you about yourself, too. Right. right. You know, people be like, hey, man, like, hey, man dick, you need, you, you're a dick. Yeah. 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 Kind of being an asshole, bro. Fucking up the whole game, bro. Yeah, I'm exactly. about to go home. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Like, all right. You ain't talking to me that way. Right. You know, and yeah, bring out sides of you. Like, I meant to ask if you if ever like a fight or, or a altercation, verbal altercations that were broken Yeah, verbal altercations all the time, man. I mean, you know, people get wrapped up in situations or somebody, you know, um, I mean, Patrice and I got into it almost a few times. Shit. I mean, like, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's not the, yeah, I mean, there's two different types of (laughs) approaches and stuff. Like, cause, you know, I'm playing a character, I'm playing a game where I'm like, we need to achieve this. And, um, you know, she's very much a person like, you're not going to dictate to me. I'm going to go ahead and do something. And so, and my concern is, but we need to get a done, you know, (laughs) we all trying to get this thing done. Right. She's like, but you ain't talking to me that way about it. And so that needs to be done. Yeah. And um, you see stuff like that around the table. (laughs) I would do it my way. Oh yeah, definitely. You, um, you know, you, you, you see people have verbal outbursts like I've had enough. Yeah. You know, they uh, reached a boiling point about some issue um, and um, then they express it. But it's easy. It's it's I think it's awesome to have those type of moments, too, because some people need that release. They need to be able to tell somebody about somebody else, Mm -hmm. especially your friends. Like sometimes you don't hurt your friends feelings or something like that. Or maybe they're becoming close friends, but there's certain things about their personality. You don't know how to drop, Mm. you know, like, hey, like you're doing this type of thing (laughs) like this guy over here. No, <laughs> <laughs> I looked. I looked at him because we. we I just. See, y'all can see it. I just looked and at him because we got a whole other situation that's uh, just like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you let people know. You know, you're, you're able to in the game space be like, "Hey, you're doing this," or "I noticed this about you," and um, you can get people insights about themselves. And people mm-hmm. work together. You could take that into other avenues too. Like, you want to start a business with somebody, somebody you know, a friend, and stuff. Um, well, you need to be able to communicate with them, you know, effectively. Right. Or let's say you want to start um, a business not with friends, but just with people. Well, you need to be able to notice personality traits early on. That's either going to make the business succeed or fail. Um, or how to get people to do something that you need them to do. D and D teaches that shit very well, right? Because mm-hmm. you got to like, be like, okay, I know this person's this way. How do I interact with them to be able to get them? You know, how are we going to collaborate? So right. all that type of stuff. But dang, man, we hit about two. Yeah, we've been on this thing about three hours. Yeah, 
yeah, this would probably be a good episode to split up, though. Yeah, yeah. It might might split the because we had a deeper conversation about some of the quick facts yeah. stuff than I expected. And then the second yeah. half, so we'll probably so split the so part one, part stuff two. And then we do a part two with the with the stuff. Yeah, and we'll probably you'll probably just split it in. You you'll do that. He's like, meanwhile, I all that all the energy. He got it, bro. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to edit three hours of conversation. Damn, better to do it than the super audio engineer producer. DJ Berserk himself. Come on, bro. How long does it take you to edit your Let's say an hour. It used to take um, actually, it used to take longer, but I don't listen to him through listen through him anymore. So oh, you used to beginning yeah, to end listen? I used to do a beginning and end listen after do I do too. audio editing. But yeah. I was like, I can't, can't do it. it. That's too long. Too long. So especially if it's like a three-hour long pass, this will take like six hours. Yeah. yeah. Like but double the amount of time. now it takes like an hour, depending on the length of the podcast. If it's a bigger podcast like this one, the audio editing will take, a, like each file is going to take a couple of minutes to edit. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, yeah, the shorter ones are much faster. This one's gonna be a deal. Yeah, I just start letting them run. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. People yeah. can fast forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's what I. Yeah. yeah. That's well, we, I thought we thought about that, yeah. you know, before, but uh, I mean, just in talking to a few people, I'm like, I know that they like the Short hour ones. and a half type of range, really. You know, no, thirty minutes too small, but uh, three hours looks like we I did put out. A, we put out. Yeah, the one we draw on uh, John on. Yeah, we just put that. That was that was three hours, and we, was, I, but I was yeah, just like, I don't. I like, what, well, one I also didn't feel like there was a break point either, though. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing too. Yeah, there's a break point in here. I, I think I'm. I think oh, we hundred percent. Like the whole first half was like all. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Like usual stuff in the second half will kind of. Yeah, you could even clip the stuff from the beginning and use it as. You could just post the first half and then later on post the second that's, half. Yeah, oh, even before I introduce the podcast, yeah, just we can do a put short that intro. out as different audio. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, I, I guess I'll do a. We about done right now. I'll do a voiceover. We can do a. Hello, like this is the end of point. <laughs> this is the end of part one or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Mm. Something like that. Um, intro. But yeah. Um, nah, man, I think we had a great conversation. I think it was a great conversation. Yeah, it was a good I'm conversation. Really glad. I learned more about D and D. I haven't. Like, what was it? I haven't played D&D in 2019. I guess at least three years. Yeah, yeah, three years, I'd say. Two, three years. Yeah, I took a good, like, a four or five year break. And then mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I was playing it. So, I probably, you know what? I wouldn't mind getting back into it. Hey, this I mean, you, you want to do this short one-time man, I know, podcast I know, I know, no, no one there, let me I know. know he will love it. I know you like it, too. <laughs> I know for a fact. Yeah, let so. me know if, if that. Uh, so I mean, since we're pretty much you know wrapping up here, yeah. I guess I can say thank you for having me on the show. Oh, I yeah. really Absolutely. appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. You know, I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, hope to go ahead and do it again. I mean, yeah, we talked no. about a lot of stuff. This was it was excellent. For sure, man. We appreciate having like you. Know, thank um, you. What are your media socials? Yeah, yeah. If you want yes. to give your social media, www. Sure. Dot dndbasementparty.com. You can find all the other contacts and connects through that website there. Or you can just go ahead and search DD Basement Party in Google. Boom, it's going to go ahead and bring up the nice. social media profiles and the context. Google knows Perfect. all. Um, same thing about the Exchanges podcast. You can go ahead and um, Google search that. It's going to go ahead and come up. So there you go. All right. All right. Cool, cool. Appreciate cool. it. Um, okay. All right. So I got my little announcement here. Oh, I'm here at the end. Announcement. All right. Mm. All right. Um, you know, I think the uh, NFL draft was last night. Yeah. <sighs> so, in the first round of the Tully Nerds draft. No. Um, <laughs> no, nah, so, um, 
So we we, we kind of me and Ed have been talking about it for a little bit. We kind of decided that, um, you know, we we agree on a lot of things, like on a lot, and so sometimes that kind of causes us to be a little bit monotone. Uh, and I've been trying to work on that and trying to like still point out flaws in things, even if we agree with them or like them. Mm-hmm. So that way we still have a little bit more flavor to the to the content. Um, but uh, I think what I, I and as interesting as that was, I, what I thought was most interesting would would be to and I, I texted Ian when I thought about it. I said, "What about bringing Draw on as a more regular guest? It doesn't have to be every week. If he doesn't want it to be, it could be every two weeks, it could be every once a month or whatever. But just bring him on as a segment for people to look forward to." Um, and obviously, we you know we jokingly call him Mr. Nintendo, but it's not to just talk about Nintendo every episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just because a lot of times Draw he may agree with us, but he always has like a, a different interesting viewpoint or take on it. And um and so because of that, um after we work well together in our in our space here. Mm-hmm. So um uh, because of that, uh, we decided and uh Jira, Jira agreed um to come on and, and kinda be uh I guess you guess you say a third host or whatever co host, whatever you want to call it. Um he's gonna be a third drafted here. congratulations so yeah, I appreciate on, the, it. on the pod with us a little more regularly. You're gonna hear his yeah. voice a little more. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to be here uh, actually I'm really gonna try and be like every episode. Just like our our Saturday's gonna be a thing. Well that's forward. that's the thing too. I you know well, we got a bunch me, of just let me know. I'll let you know what's going I'm on. But there's a bunch going weekend. on right now with even just being here and gotcha. doing so many stuff. So oh, we'll we'll gotcha. see we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see how things play themselves out, but cool. we'll have somewhere to record, and we'll figure out whatever the best time hey, just, just for us to continue to do. I mean, I kind of like Saturday know. mornings. I, I actually do kind of like this. Pretty it good. gives me a reason to kind of get up yeah. on Saturday morning, get yeah. my morning going, yeah. and just kind of get going. So I, I did enjoy this, um, but who knows? This may not be the best time, you know I mean? Because it's a weekend, so I know you guys are going to want to travel, things like that, or if you mm-hmm. go out of town, mm-hmm. then, then we have to shift. and you know. So maybe there's going to be some uh, concessions or whatever, but I enjoy Saturday mornings. I actually think it's cool. Um, I'm good with Saturday mornings. I'm cool with Saturday mornings. I like yeah, them. Most, most Saturday mornings, I mean, get up gym or get up and mm-hmm. clean up a bit or whatever. It's just stuff that I can do another day. Right. So Or like Sunday or whatever. So Yeah, right. yeah I mean, that's just how I feel about it. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes for sure, but oh, that's... Yeah. That's I'm 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 liking it. You know, it was it's kind of an accident. You know, just this was this was Brent's availability, sort of. You know, so I didn't he, even know Brent was gonna be here today because yeah, yeah, like, yeah I, I, for, like they and mm-hmm. all Patrice been talking about it in like the group chat we're in for how, how long has it been? Like at I, least at yeah, least like two, two weeks. Or three weeks yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh okay, well, I actually I thought this episode happened recently. Oh right? yeah, that's no, why it already happened. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, okay, I thought it already happened. I was like, oh Brent's here. Okay, cool. Mm, so, yeah, yeah, so cool. that's why you know we. Um, doing it that way so uh you guys can look forward to that um hopefully yeah, hopefully that leads to us having some more um dynamic conversations some more engaging conversations that people can oh, and, yeah. and that way more people maybe feel represented by their viewpoint because of me and ian we've been friends for 16 years we're gonna agree on a lot of shit <laughs> you, know you guys, you guys yeah. already hashed it out yeah we've had these we've had these conversations millions of times like we've about everything you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. everything so. I already know what he's gonna say. I already know how to combat what he's gonna say. I've already <laughs> thought about, you know. What I mean? So it's not yeah. like, yeah. yeah and, yeah. and we don't, and we do agree on a lot of things. The things that we don't agree on sometimes aren't even really conversations we tend to have on the podcast. Mm. So, mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, who, who knows? We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But um, so that there it is. You know, we got we just did that this morning. Got to draw Woo! into the team. We're gonna get draw a t shirt, t shirt. Oh man, uh, yeah. get the record. Yeah, out here. Um, 
You know, yeah. yeah. Too bad the soundboard's not on. Could've... Yeah, I know, man. We're always in the process of upgrading. I, I our board so. over there, we're upgrading shit. We're always trying to bump up the... Uh, China, we need to upgrade our audio interface so we can get more oh, more yeah. in there. And, you know, we need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 I mean, we need to build a PC. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's hey. we talked about that too. You I know, was about to say. Yeah, hey, that was, yeah, know. We need to build a PC let that can really. The, let me all the budget is. We can together parts. We can start doing it, you know, and then hopefully maybe we can even jump into this uh, Google PRX program and and that kind of you know spurs us on you know, even further. So who knows? We'll see how it goes. But um, but yeah, that's that's the episode, guys. Um, you, you guys don't need me and Ian's social media is no more. Dry, you guys know he's Geronimo underscore. Yes, sir. Um, Everywhere. You guys know. You guys know. I don't care if you follow me. Ian, Ian don't even want y'all to follow him except to like his wedding photos. Um, <laughs> well, they look nice. Yeah, they do look good. They look like great. Yeah. So, that's all he care about. So you can follow. It's still Berserk underscore music. Um, it is Berserk underscore. Yeah, yeah, Berserk underscore music. You guys can go like Ian's wedding photos. That's all he wants y'all to, and then unfollow him. He don't want y'all to see. He don't want y'all to keep following him. Follow him, like his picture, then unfollow. Uh, me, you don't. I, you know, you can follow me, David Podcast. Yeah, I don't. I just don't want you to do it. Follow Two Ugly Nerds page. Um, honestly, I'm probably gonna go on a hiatus anyway. So that's where you're gonna see. That's probably the only place you're gonna be able to interact with me. Is gonna be the Two Ugly Nerds page. Um, that's just gonna be my main focus. Uh, trying to up our. You know, our, mar- our marketing, our traffic, the traffic stuff to that page. So, Analytics. Um, you know, Words. tell your friends, yeah, yeah, share yeah. it, <laughs> you know, throw it in your group chats, share it, share a link with, with whoever you can. Um, and um, yeah, so that that's that, that's that. We again want to thank Brent for for coming through and, and, and being on episode. Appreciate it, guys. We really, really appreciate it. Was you fun through it. Time yeah, flew. Man, it was really cool. Man. Definitely check that out. The yeah, it does. It, you know, time, time does fly for sure. It's already three. Uh, I, just three hours slice the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hyped up. I still yeah, got bro. twelve hours to go to avoid all the spoilers mm. and everything. So I, won't I'm gonna, I won't say nothing. I won't say nothing in the chat. Right in my, like, I'm not even reading the I, chat. Just, Fuck y'all. Fuck well, y'all. Well, no, uh, Cammy and stuff. I don't like even that. care. I don't trust I y'all. No, y'all like, gonna post in the wrong chat by accident, I'm, no, and, I'm not, and, okay, and it's gonna be in this chat. I'm not reading the chat either. Since y'all niggas want to see it early, exactly. <laughs> not even early hey, I wish I could have saw it Thursday night. Shit, me too. <laughs> but the tickets were like, nope, yeah, gone. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. But yeah, so, um, anyways, yeah, um, this has been a long episode, but I really appreciate all you who uh stuck through it with us, powered through with us, got us, got us going. Um, you know, as always, like, share, comment, subscribe. Most importantly, enjoy. It's been two ugly nerds. Peace. Two ugly nerds podcast. Right, whatever, man. Been to Nerds podcast. Peace out. Peace. Yo, okay. <laughs> Y'all know what this uh, is. Twilight Nerds podcast. Peace. <laughs>